Brian Robinson on its initial 53-man roster. He's not on season-ending injured reserve. The Houston Texans released running back Marlon Mack. Rookie Damian Pierce will be the starter. Baltimore signed running back Kenyon Drake. The Raiders waived last year's first-round tackle Alex Leatherwood. Las Vegas also traded former second-round defensive back Trayvon Mullen to Arizona. Minnesota cut quarterback Sean Mannion. Arizona cut quarterback Trace McSorley. They could end up on their team's practice squads. To Major League Baseball, the St. Louis Cardinals not doing so bad the last month. They have a six-game lead over the Brewers for first place in the NL Central. Cardinals scoreless in the second inning at the Reds. Venus Williams lost her first-round match at the U.S. Open. Serena plays tomorrow night. I'm Steve DeSager. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross, and yes! Touchdown, did he get it? Hey, what's going on? Eric Franson and Jason Walker here with you on the Full Court Press. Thanks for tuning in on a Tuesday. Talking about what's going on in sports. Uh, We've covered uh, some stats. We've covered some players. We've talked about former Aggies trying to make NFL rosters. This hour we'll get into some Donovan Mitchell news. It's not not so much Donovan Mitchell news. It's uh, New York Knicks news, which... All New York's Knicks news is now Jazz news. Yeah, that's true. And vice versa. Yes. A little uh, bit on that front, though. How much is it really part of what's going on? Uh, we'll also get into the Utah State Aggies and Alabama preview. We'll hear from both coaches. We'll hear from uh, some of the players as well. Utah State on the road to take on number one Alabama this Saturday. Game will be on the SEC Network if you want to watch the game. We'll have a full one hour and a half pregame on. Uh, well, well, we'll have it here on the fan. We're going to simulcast what happens on uh, KVNU game day leading up to it. Best uh, pregame coverage out there for Utah State. And then as soon as the game's over, we'll be on again. Special guests. Uh, I'm excited for this postgame coming up this weekend because Ryan Bohm will be in studio. He's made that trip twice to Alabama as a player. Um, all right, and he's been there. Well, he's been there as a player and as a fan, uh, and then also former Aggies, uh, Travis Van Leeuwen and Zach Van Leeuwen uh, will be there uh, this Saturday. So we'll hear from them. We'll have a live report from them at the stadium, just what their observations of the whole experience was. So that will be a lot of fun coming up on Saturday night after the game. Hopefully there's more fun than just that. Hopefully we have a lot of fun things to discuss about the game itself. Yeah, I'm hoping this isn't like a 45-0 game. I'd like to see some like to be able to take some positives from this game rather than just saying, "All right, let's forget that week and move on." <laughs> Which I'm Burn afraid- the tape. Yeah. I don't want it to be one of the burn the tape weeks. Do not need that. I want to be able- I want to be able to at least rewatch the game and be like, "Yeah, this was this was a fun moment." And- this is a fun moment. I don't want to be like, oh, skip that play, skip that play, skip that play. Nope, not that one, not that one. Nope, 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 nope. Oh, it's the end of the game. 
<laughs> Skipped all the way through. Well, isn't that fancy? I watched the game in 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like that Adam Sandler movie where he had that remote. And he pushed fast forward through things he didn't like, and they just automatically skipped through the next time it came up. <laughs> anyway. Uh, but Utah State taking on a formidable opponent in Alabama. Um, but we all know it's it's a big-time school. Uh, and there's a lot that's going on there. And really the one of the biggest challenges is for uh, Blake Anderson and his team to stay focused and not get caught up in it's Alabama, number one, returning Heisman Trophy winner, several other guys who are going to probably win some postseason awards at the end of the year. Uh, and so Coach Anderson, it's, I he referenced some form of this statement multiple times over the course of his press conference yesterday. Yeah, I mean, enjoy it. Heck, man, who gets an opportunity to do that? Who gets an opportunity to line up and strap up with 100,000 people in the stands? So don't don't let it intimidate you. Let it fuel you. Really just still your stadium's going to still be the same length and you know, we're still going to have to do the same things, but let that be an excitement. Don't don't let it um don't let it distract you from just doing the little things right. That's easier said than done, obviously, Ajay. But, but we've got to find that simplicity in the electric chaos of what the environment's going to be. Just line up, play ball, throw and catch, tackle, and 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 try to improve this week. And we'll we'll see if we can do that. That is a it is a challenge for everybody that goes down there. Not. Uh, not just early in the season, but late. Hopefully our guys will get fired up, excited, play their best ball. And that's the, the message is don't get distracted by what's in front of you with all the prestige and everything else surrounding Alabama or else they've already won the game. Easier said than done. It's a big stadium, rich in tradition, a lot of expectations, a team that fell short of what they wanted to do last year so they've got something they want to prove this season. And this is the first game for that team to play since losing uh, their last game of last season, which they were really not happy about. Yeah, definitely. And and the unfortunate thing is, is that, you know, you say if Utah State gets distracted, well, Alabama's not going to get distracted. Um, I looked this up for my preview. Um, I went back 10 years. I just cut off at 10 years. I didn't keep going. I probably should have kept going to find the last time that the Crimson Tide lost to a G5 team. And honestly, like I said, I only went back to 2012, the last 10 seasons. It may end up actually being University of Utah in the Sugar Bowl. I actually should probably go double-check that and just go all the way back to that because in the 10 years that I looked at, uh, Crimson Tide faced 19 G5 teams. And this is excluding, like, the FCS, you know, non-FBS uh, teams that they played, you know, the – I don't know, North Dakota, whatever, you know, whatever, whatever um, non-major teams they may play. So in those 19 G5 games, they won by an average of 37 and a half points. Hmm. That's the average. Um, I think the lowest margin of victory was uh, 18 points. That was in 2017. It was actually against Colorado State, so a Mountain West team. Colorado State actually did okay in two games relative to some, some of the other ones. Like I said, most teams losing by an average of 37 points. I think Colorado state only lost by like 18 and then by like 20 something. 
Um, and the other thing is they only scored less than 30 points once in those 19 games. That was against Cincinnati last year. You know, like the greatest G5 team of all time. So, I, I mean, I guess maybe BYU in like nineteen. Well, yeah, I don't know. But <laughs> we'll say the greatest G5 team since G5's been a thing. Um, since we've kind of began using those terms. Um, so, you know, 15, 20 years. Utah needs to be on that list, too, that, that Sugar Yeah, Bowl there are, winning. you know, the Sugar Bowl team, maybe the Boise State team. Um, there was a TCU team in there that was pretty good. But Cincinnati's up there. Uh, definitely one of the best. So it, it's it's not comforting to be able to say this kind of thing. My whole preview is full of how good Alabama is and how unlikely it is they lose. It's not fun to say that. <laughs> but this is the reality. Like, it should be emphasized, all these things. Because if by some miracle of God, Utah State walks out with a W, we need to understand just how big of a deal this Seriously is. Seriously monumental. Yeah. It it would be there aren't there aren't words to describe what that would be. This is Utah State who's now a forty point underdog, who I looked that up and there was one article that said that since nineteen eighty there have been two teams that were forty point underdogs that have won straight up. And that was uh those two are oh I gotta find it. It's somewhere here. So you're telling me there's a chance. There's a chance. <laughs> um, Howard beating UNLV in 2017. I actually kind of remember that game. Um, and then Stanford beating USC in 2007. That's it. In, what is that now, 42 years? Current line is 41 and a half. Yeah, it moved from like 38 and a half. That uh, UConn uh, narrow win probably moved that line a couple of points. Didn't give a lot of faith for some <laughs> yeah. people on Utah State. Uh, but, you know, Nick Saban is the GOAT. Uh, I don't think there's much question or debate there for college football. Uh, but in certainly modern college football, without question, he is the greatest of all time. And I think you can definitely make a strong argument that across any era, he's the greatest of all time for what he's done and the level of success he has brought to that program. Uh, and part of the reason is he he knows how to keep his team focused. He knows how to create competition even though there are nfl dudes on that roster every year but um he to his credit he never overlooks anybody granted there's a lot of coach speak here but this is how he perceives utah state uh utah state blake anderson has done a really good job there this team can play you know really in any conference and do well um they ended up a top 25 team a year ago they won 11 games Beat, you know, a couple Pac-12 teams, um, beat Oregon State in the bowl game. And they've got like 12 starters back, um, quarterbacks back, who's a really good player. Uh, They were one of the most effective passing teams in the country a year ago. These guys are very aggressive on defense. They create a lot of negative plays. Uh, They get a lot of turnovers. Um, They've got their specialists back. So uh, they had a, a game, obviously. You know that they beat uh, Connecticut last week, you know, 31 to 20 and got off to a little bit of a slow start, but then played really well, you know, as the game progressed. So, um, you know, this is really kind of about us and how we prepare to play and what we need to do against uh, a really good opponent. So um, that's going to be the emphasis, emphasis, you know, all week long for us. 
Nice words, certainly, from uh, Coach Saban. Um, not not overlooking Utah State, but you always got to overhype your opponent, make sure everybody, at least on your squad, is uh, not overlooking anyone. And he's correct. I mean, this was a top 25 team a year ago. All the platitudes are correct. But that was a year ago. Uh, this is a different team that um, has to find new ways, right? Uh, we saw a few things on Saturday from Utah State. I don't think we saw what this team really is, and I think that was by design. How much do we see of that on Saturday in Tuscaloosa, Alabama? That's a really big question. I, I think they're going to try to do what they can to win. This, this is a program that's not going to just back down and just go get a paycheck and come home. They're going to go out there and try to win. It's going to be tough, though. Yeah, we're going to see the Aggies best in the first half. Uh, if by the third quarter it's just not happening, then we could see them maybe start to pack it in a little bit. Probably more towards the late third quarter. Again, it's score depending. But we're going to see Utah State come out swinging as hard as they dang well can. They're fighting two, They're in a fight two or three weight classes above their own. And so they're going to try their best to get a knockout really quickly or maybe just try and drag this thing out. Um, mixing my metaphors here. But basically we're going to see their best, everything they can throw at Alabama. If that doesn't work, then we might see them pack it in, try not to get hurt, try not to put too much more on film, and let's just get to Weber State in one piece. Well, I think this coaching staff will still try to get their players to get out there and compete. Um, they still want to see what they can do, see what they have at different positions with different packages and see who's who's going to go out there and keep working. Um, and uh, that's that we really haven't seen that from this coaching staff. We didn't see oper- really too many opportunities for that last year, uh, even though the the – they lost by a margin against Boise State and BYU. They were still in there fighting, trying to make some things happen. They outgained Boise State. They just found unique ways to not score touchdowns yeah, or to score not, points. To not score at all. <laughs> yeah. They scored like three points the entire game, which may end up happening here at Alabama. They may have plenty of drives where they get a few big plays but just don't manage to score. They'll turn it over. They'll give up a big sack or things like that. That's probably how it's going to go where Utah State will – maybe do okay in terms of gaining some chunk yards because this is a good offense that gets some creative plays and manages to get guys open. And then Bonner's a good quarterback, and they got some good receivers. So we'll see some decent offense, I think, but it may be a real challenge to actually put the ball in the end zone. They may end up only getting field goals in this game. Could look a lot like Boise State last year, ex- except imagine Boise State putting up twice as many points. Uh, this is an Alabama team that returns six starters on offense. One of them is the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, Bryce Young. Very good quarterback. Solid with the, in the passing game and with his feet. Um, but uh, a bit of a question at running back position for them. Trey Sanders is their leading running back coming back. who only had 300 yards last year. But Jameer Gibbs, he was an all-ACC player from Georgia Tech who transferred to Alabama. So they've got a lot of depth at running back. They're trying to figure out who their stud is. It's not whether they have talent at running back. It's who's their stud. Who's going to be the dude running the ball? Yeah, and and Gibbs is interesting because, you know, he has, you know, Georgia Tech, he ran for 746 yards, but he had 465 receiving yards. This is a true 
out of the backfield running back. And I imagine if you're getting 35 uh, receptions, this isn't a, you know, Darwin Thompson catch a screen pass out of the backfield and then just act like a running back, but you caught a pass. Right. Or uh, what Calvin Tyler and what a lot of the Utah State running backs do, and we call them receiving backs, they're just taking screens and then being a running back. Gibbs may very – I haven't looked at his tape at all, but he may very well be an actual Christian McCaffrey, James White-esque receiving running back, along with being a good actual running back, which can be an incredibly dangerous thing for Utah State when don't think they've faced one of these kind of running backs ever, like not in a while. Usually, yeah. usually they just face good downhill runners That's or maybe true. some elusive guys. I don't think they've faced this kind of matchup where you have a true – dual threat running back. And when you face these kind of unique talents in college football, they really throw you for a loop because the coaches often aren't prepared for how to handle it because they don't see it. The players are just like, what the heck? Never seen this before. Um, and so they don't know how to handle it. You know, They may get lazy in their coverages. You can see Gibbs just wide open and then running away because the linebacker wasn't vigilant enough to realize, oh yeah, the running back will actually run a pass route. So it Gibbs could be a problem in this game. Uh, a couple of texts coming through, 4781. This is how I imagine the end of USU versus Bama going. 13 seconds left. Here we go. <laughs> Hand off to Tyler. He hits the gap, and he's gone. 40, 30, 20, 10. Touchdown, Utah State. Alabama 56 to 7. It's good. I, I appreciate I could see it playing out in my mind reading your text. Uh, also, nine three one five playing Alabama reminds me of a a win. A win two teams in Utah play a five or a six. Oh, oh, it's like two way classification. Two way teams in Utah play a five or six a team. But if you just treat it like just a football game, they have a better chance to win no matter what a, what class your team is. So the Aggies have a shot if they treat it like that. Yeah, um, but in the end. I believe it was Nick Saban's own words. Boxing has weight classes for a reason. And there's weight classes in college football. Utah State's not in Alabama's class. It's a different different animal. But they play these games for a reason. Football games are not decided on paper. 2787, even going to Alabama, or even going to play Alabama and getting their butts kicked is still pretty awesome. They get to play Alabama. That's a team everyone wants to play. This is a great opportunity for Utah State, even if they do get killed. There are schools whose recruiting premise is, hey, we play Alabama every year. We get our butts handed to us, but we play Alabama and Clemson and, and all these guys. And you get paid $1.9 million as a institution to go do yeah. that. The athletes may not get that. Well, no. <laughs> the institution loves scheduling those. But like I said, they... The volleyball team and gymnastics program, they appreciate these games. Yes, yes, they do. Uh, 9952, I'm expecting a 60-13 to 13 game, but I'm, not, I'm most interested in seeing the Aggies' attitude. Most of the time, Bama wasn't scoring much more than 50 points if they got to 50 points. I would actually be really surprised if Bama put more than 50 on Utah State. Saban, for as good as his teams are, he's not really one to just – run up the score and score a bunch of points. Yeah. The thing is the Aggies are a very respectable coach. Yeah. And I think the Aggies are going to be one of the better G5 teams he's played in a while. Usually they're not very good. But this time it's going to be better. And that's not going to say Utah State's going to win, but 
on the high end, Utah State has a chance to maybe get into the 20 points and keep Alabama below 40. That's the high end prediction. But even so, I don't think Alabama's going to wind up with more than 50 points. Uh, eight nine six eight. I remember the Auburn Tigers were defending national champions. Aggies took them to the wire and blew a two-score lead, but found a way to lose it. Very different scenario. Yeah. This is – and we kind of went over this before where Auburn does not reload the way Bama does. They just don't. They, Auburn has peaks and valleys. Auburn's or Alabama is just a plateau. Did I mix those up? Auburn has peaks and valleys. Alabama, just a plateau. They're just always at the always top, up no there. matter what. So it's a bit different because I think Auburn ended and, up having a mediocre year that year. Yeah, they did. So and you have the Heisman Trophy winner coming back. Yeah, and, they, and they, you have a linebacker on the other side who could challenge him for being a Heisman Trophy candidate. Yeah, Auburn lost it. Did Cam win the Heisman? Uh. I don't think he did that year, but he was in the conversation. Yeah, he was one of the best players in college football that yes. year, and they lost him. But Bryce Young's coming back. Uh, six two nine four. The real question for Aggie fans is: Can Aggies cover the forty one and a half point spread? I think they definitely can, because at that point you're talking about a forty eight six game, roughly. Alabama could cover the spread, but the fact that it's that high, like you're expecting a forty eight six game. That's a little much. Yeah, I forty-one and a half on Utah State. I just that just seems a lot. Yeah, I see Utah State covering that. Probably and Utah State's going to keep it closer than that. I'm hoping. We'll see. <laughs> it's just going to depend on if they do have a little more out of their offense. We were thinking there's more out of their offense than they showed Saturday. Uh, another quick text that's come through six five four three. Last year in one of the post-game shows, whoever the player being interviewed said that USU program had progressed to the point that they could compete with anyone in the nation. This is the week that USU gets to walk the talk. Good luck. Bama 52-13 to with Bama playing a lot of subs in the second half. Yeah. I would, like it would have been fun to see last year's team go up against Alabama. They'd have lost. They still would have lost. <laughs> but... Um, it would have been a fun game, I think. Would have been fun to see Devin Tompkins trying to moss a couple of Bama defensive backs. Yes. Probably would have pulled it off, too. Uh, one more, and then we've got to take a break. 7854. Not saying that we will beat Alabama, but that Connecticut game might have been a good eye opener for the Aggies. They might have been drinking the Kool Aid, thinking they could just show up and roll on UConn, but still predicting Alabama 38 to 13. I think that's a fair assessment. Yeah. All right, we'll uh, continue to get your thoughts about the upcoming matchup between Utah State and Alabama on Saturday on the SEC Network. We'll hear more from the coaches and the players coming up. Then uh, some news about R.J. Barrett and the New York Knicks, how that might affect a potential trade with the Utah Jazz. It's all ahead on the Full Court Press in about three and a half minutes from now. But Grantham Mobile Automotive comes to you. And uh, it's still really hot this week, so if just all of a sudden your A.C. has gone out in your car, give him a call, 435-229-4345. He'll come to you and can help recharge your air conditioner, 435-229-4345. It's game time, and you're in the locker room ready to take the field. But suddenly, you notice a player you don't recognize. He's wearing your team's jersey, and he even knows your name. 
but you've never seen him before now. Would you trust this stranger with your team's playbook? That's exactly how phishing scams work. And the first quarter of 2022 saw the highest volume of phishing attacks ever recorded. Protect your business with the Les Olson Security Suite from Les Olson IT. Learn more at lesolson.com. DD Auto and Salvage is going to pay you the most for junk vehicles. You can get rid of your junk vehicles today. DD Auto and Salvage makes it so easy and fast to get rid of your junker vehicles by paying you the most money possible. Pickup is available. If you have metal, DD Auto and Salvage and Logan wants to pay you today. Call 787 1204. That's 787 1204 today. See store for details. Loveland Living Planet Aquarium takes us outside our everyday lives into a world of discovery. It's a chance to explore our innate curiosity. Discover animals from around the world and experience the all-new outdoor plaza and eco. More to explore at Loveland Living Planet Aquarium. Reserve your visit at thelivingplanet.com. This is The Herd. Attention listeners. With Colin Cowherd. I think Jimmy Garoppolo has now become the most underrated player in the NFL. By a mile. Colin, he can't stay healthy. So let's attack that narrative. He played 15 of 17 games this year. 15 of 17. Plus three playoff games. This is The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Wow. Weekdays from 10 to 1 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Following the local teams, it's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Jason Walker, just Jason Walker now. Uh, Eric Franson has just about left the building. Uh, I'll, be, I'll be running the show the rest of today. Eric is going to go up to the end of Utah State's football practice, get some audio. We'll have that for you tomorrow. We may end up even having uh, a guest tomorrow. I don't want to reveal too much because nothing's been confirmed yet. But let's just say if it goes through, it may relate to uh, an upset that Utah State had over the weekend. But I want to get more into Alabama, since that's obviously the, the big deal this week. And I'm wondering, like, is there an area where Utah State can maybe try and exploit some kind of weakness? Um, Blake Anderson was pretty straight up talking about Alabama when he said, <laughs> he just said straight up, Alabama has no weaknesses, a uh, slight paraphrase. Um, so he's, he's under no delusions about the team that he's facing, how good they are. And to kind of give you an idea of maybe how like almost perfect this team is, uh, Phil Steele, um, one of the college football gurus his you know, does a huge, uh, college preview and is usually pretty accurate on a lot of his stuff. Here's how he ranks Alabama's position units. You know, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, linebackers, whatnot. He has them as the second best quarterback unit, 
interesting that he has the Heisman. The Heisman winner is returning, and it's the second best unit. Maybe he's talking about the unit as a whole, maybe not just the top end. But second best QB unit, fifth best running back unit. I mean, the, Alabama lost. It was Brian Robinson, I believe, to the NFL. 1,200-yard rusher last year. He leaves. They don't necessarily have like a stud returner, but fifth best running backs. That uh, partly because of Jameer Gibbs, you know, a, a real dual threat running back who still projects as the starter with, uh, oh, as I think it was Sanders as the backup. I want to say it was his name. Like Trey, I want to say Trey Sanders. Maybe getting that wrong. But, you know, fifth best running back unit, 10th best wide receiver unit. And they, and you, and Alabama just keeps losing great wide receivers all over the place. They just lose them every year, two or three of them. And yet they keep replenishing them. Alabama's become wide receiver university. It's kind of remarkable where, like, 10 years ago, Alabama was still a powerhouse, but they were the powerhouse that would run the ball down your throat. You know, Derrick Henry and um, there are other running backs that are suddenly slipping my mind. Um, great, They were running back university. Lots of great NFL running backs. I think Trent Richardson was another one. He wasn't necessarily a great NFL running back, but he was a great college running back. Their running backs were Heisman contenders, but now they're producing wide receivers. They went from a running team to a great passing team. Used to be a thing that Alabama had game manager college quarterbacks that go to the NFL and then not do anything, you know, A.G. McCarron style. Um, but he said, 10th best wide receiver unit, 13th best offensive line unit. Then going on the defense, the 11th best defensive line unit, the number one linebacker unit, and then sixth in defensive backs units. And then I, he listed special teams. I didn't really pay too much attention to that. Um, it's really hard to rank special teams units because um, there's a lot of volatility there. You just have to rank who you think has the best kicker and punter, even though special teams is a lot more than just the kicker and the punter. Uh, so basically, there you have it. Top 10 in just about every category, two where they're in the top 13. Like, where's your weakness in this team? There isn't one, as Blake Anderson said. How are you supposed to beat this team? And the answer is Utah State probably probably doesn't. Again, it's it's just you kind of have to almost accept that. The team shouldn't accept this. You know, we're all predicting doom and gloom. I really hope the team doesn't, you know, listen to this or at least believe what I'm saying. I'd, maybe I'd hope they'd listen to this and then rile themselves up and maybe produce a really good game and heaven knows maybe you win. That'd probably be the biggest moment that ever happened in Utah State sports history. Um, if if Alabama, actually, if you guys want to text in, like, are there any other moments that would actually compare? I'm not a super great historian of, of Utah State sports. My knowledge is somewhat limited to a few highlights. I didn't grow up a Utah State fan. I kind of came, I came from outside the valley. But I'd be interested to hear, like, if you guys could compare, like, what an Alabama win, if there's anything that compares in uh, Utah State history. Because, um, I mean, if you look at it, there's two other times Utah State's played the number one overall team in the country. In 1984, they played BYU. Yeah, that year with BYU. And then they played uh, Nebraska in, like, 1971. They lost pretty big both times. They lost 38-13 to BYU and 42-6 to against Nebraska. Um, 
So there's your history against number one overall teams. Utah State's 0-11 against top five teams. Um, and as a matter of just going all in on these information nuggets, uh, the, the highest team Utah State has ever, highest ranked team Utah State's ever beaten was actually BYU uh, in 2014. Beat them uh, 35-20, I believe it was. Big upset win. A um, couple of texts. Want to get to those while we're having this discussion. Uh, 9 through 5 asks, is there any player that USU has that could surprise Alabama? Um, I'm not... There's several names that come to mind. I don't know how much they'd surprise Alabama. Maybe Byron Vaughns could have a good game. Brian Cobbs could have a solid night. Um... It is kind of tricky because there's not a guys that you just think, oh, they're going to be really good. Maybe a Johnny Carter has a decent outing against some of these Alabama wide receivers. There's a few that I don't know if surprise is the right word, but I think maybe standing up to these really great athletes at Alabama, you know, these ridiculous athletes that just, you know, I think I saw one where there was this like 340-pound freshman defensive tackle for Alabama who can do a backflip. Like, that's just unfair, an unfair level of athleticism when you've got, uh, you know, guys at Utah State who are lucky to crack 270 pounds as a defensive tackle as a freshman. Uh, 4781, he says, USU finally beating BYU after a long drought in football is probably the closest comparison. Um, probably, you know, finally getting back and being able to beat BYU or even beating Utah in 2012, I think, is that's probably one of the other uh, big wins for Utah State. Obviously, there's not the same feeling um, from USU toward Utah as there is toward BYU, so maybe that's not the same. But Utah had just joined the Pac-12, and so that was a huge win for Utah State there. Uh, I still remember that game. I I was attending Utah State back then and uh, was part of the, the crowd that rushed the field after that game. It's, it's still a very memorable, memorable moment. Uh, 7854 says uh, this game will not be about individual players. It will require a team effort. I guess maybe responding to 9315 in a way. And, yeah, that is the case. Uh, you can't win this game. Utah State can't win this game through individual efforts. Alabama might. They have the kind of superstars that can maybe just overpower Utah State. I mentioned uh, Jameer Gibbs, who could be a real problem out of the backfield, and Alabama may just end up running a ton because um, – if they end up getting up by a few touchdowns, they'll just run the ball. And if Utah State can't stop the run, like they had some struggles against UConn, Alabama obviously being a much better run team, they could just decide we're going to run it or maybe do running back screens or you know involve Gibbs in the passing game, use him a ton. He could almost single-handedly win this game. And Utah State, you know, 7-8-5-4 is right. There's not a single player who will do that for Utah State. There's maybe a group of players you know, Bonner, Calvin Tyler, you know, a couple of the wide receivers having just these awesome games. And clearly the offensive line would have to have a good game as well. So I guess just the whole offense. But, you know, maybe statistically a few of the guys on, um, you know, the, the team could have really great games. But, yeah, it is going to be a, a team effort. Uh, continuing with the text, we're getting a lot of text here. Uh, 5253, it says, remember when, when Michigan – Slept on App State, Appalach- Appalachian State, or Appalachian State, however it said. 
Uh, why not Utah State at Bama? I hope the team underestimates us like the media is. And yeah, uh, upsets happen. Um, although part of my point was that uh, when I mentioned Alabama not overlooking G5 teams, 19-0 and in their last 19 games against G5 teams, like I said, I just cut off when I stopped looking. It may have been since the University of Utah in like 2009. I'd, and again, I'd love to believe why you know Utah State being able to beat Alabama just could be don't want to get my hopes up. Um, that's kind of what I'm that's, – that's where my pessimism comes from is some of it's backed up by just how good Alabama is, how rarely they get upset. Um, again, it's just tough for me to see. I'd love to see it, but I just don't know. Uh, five three three eight. Uh, I mentioned I rushed the field in two thousand and twelve. <laughs> so five three three eight says, "Jason, you're a field rusher. Got to be better, man." That's actually the only time I've ever rushed the field. Um, yeah, it was the only time I was, I was a freshman back then. Um, I actually ended up not going to the game where they rushed the field twice that year. It was when they beat. Uh, I can't remember which team they beat. That uh, they won. They sealed uh, the whack, the championship. Um, I can't remember what game that was, but they it was after they'd already beaten like Louisiana Tech or whatnot. So they just had to beat up on this lowly team, and they did, and I decided not to go to that game, and so I didn't rush the field on that day. So uh, Still getting a lot of texts. We'll probably just get through these, and then we'll try and take a break, and we'll try and get into some Donovan Mitchell news uh, to close out the show. Uh, 6865, remember number one, Virginia lost to a number 16. Oh, for a second I thought you were talking about football. And I was like, when was Virginia ranked number one? But, yeah, uh, basketball is a little different than football. Uh, it's actually a lot, a lot easier to get upsets in basketball. At least, you know, in single games in basketball. At least that's my opinion. I don't know how much that's based on, like, research and whatnot. But, obviously, the number 16 beating number one in the NCAA tournament, uh, that had never happened before. Technically, 40-point underdogs in football have one. So I guess they have one up on uh, UMBC. There is precedent for a 40-point underdog like Utah State beating um, again, the 40-point favorite. Uh, 5242 says, as a diehard die Utah State fan, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised we didn't score a single point this game. See, he's more pessimistic than I am. I, I think Utah State may struggle to get a touchdown. Um, 13 points is sort of on the high end of what I'm hoping for. Six is probably a little more realistic. Three is possible. Technically, so is zero. I'd be surprised if Utah State uh, didn't. I'd be surprised if they didn't. Obviously, five two five four would be wouldn't be surprised if they didn't. Um, I think Utah State will score. The question is, and this will maybe be kind of a a limits test. Is like how good does the does the offense do against Alabama? If they do surprisingly well, if they can get some chunk plays um, and things like that, that could be a good sign for the offense. And the defense, again, we'll see. If they hold them under 50, that's probably a positive. If, they, if Alabama goes over 50, maybe we'll worry about the defense a little bit. Um, and 5254, uh, Texan again, he says, my prediction is 56, 56 to 6, um, which is... Again, that's probably on the pessimistic side. I'm thinking more along the lines of 45, 48 points, and then Utah State somewhere in the 6 to 13 range. 
Uh, I'll probably come up with my official prediction later in the week. I'll uh, I'll narrow it down. Me and Eric will probably give our final predictions probably on uh, Thursday, maybe Friday. We'll see. Uh, exactly. Uh, 9315 says, I also hope Utah State is I also hope Utah State is there only only lose this year. Oh Utah State oh this is Alabama's only loss? I think I think that's why he's saying hope Utah State is uh Alabama's only loss this year. That would be interesting. Oh I think he actually sent in two texts. I may have skipped uh one of nine three one five's texts. Uh, it says, the way USU football beats Alabama is they know that they are humans and bleed just like anyone else. Just eat the elephant one bite at a time. Just be technically sound in your technique uh, in your technique, and know your uh, review of film. Uh, yeah. I mean, that would be it. You have to have the whole team doing their job. The entire defensive line has to stand up. The linebackers fill the gaps. The, you know, the back end of the defense got to be sound. Can't blow any coverages or just it's over. Um, it'll be over really quick. If Alabama jumps out to a 14-point lead, there ain't no coming back from that. At least not nearly as easily. Um, then 9315 again says, we need the fan base to act like winners and not treat the game like we lost. Uh, we've not played the game yet. And, yeah, it it is it's frustrating when you're covering a team and you just already say we've lost when you feel that way. I don't like feeling this way. But there is a part of me that, you know, there's a reality to this. Because um, I don't like being pessimistic even though I do it a lot. So I like to see the optimism out of everyone. I love to see the optimistic texts that say, you know, I think Alabama, you know, Utah State can stand up to Alabama. I like to see the fans that predict, you know, I think we can do well against Alabama. I like to see that optimism. Um, even though if you want to be pessimistic like me, you can say, oh, it's delusional. Of course we'll never beat Alabama. But I do like to see the optimism and say, we can do great things against great teams. Because that is the mentality of winners. It's the mentality you have to have for Utah State you know, to maybe win another Mountain West championship. So I keep saying, I hope the team doesn't have the same attitude I have, because then they will lose 60-0. to, to zero. So I, I'm really hoping for good things out of this Utah State team against Alabama, even though I obviously have this feeling of just, well, it's already lost. Let's get on with it. Um, we'll have one more text, 8920. Uh, it says, as much as I'd love to see the Aggies pull an upset, Bama will be all business and the game will be over first half, unfortunately. So there's, there's, there's our more realistic fan, a little more like me. Like I said, as, and you basically said what I would say. As much as I'd love to see the Aggies win, Bama's probably going to win. It's probably going to be over in the first half. But uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll get into, we'll try and get in maybe a little bit more. I, I think I teased talking about a potential weakness Utah State can maybe exploit. I do have one thing I want to say, and then we'll probably take another quick break, close out the show with some of that uh, uh, Utah Jazz slash New York Knicks news. So more coming up next. My name is Chris Hammond. My wife really appreciates a clean home, especially with three kids and two dogs. So when it comes to our carpets being cleaned, I always go to Daryl from Chem Drive Northern Utah. His team is quick, on time, and precise. They do a great job of making sure our home and our carpets are clean. Thank you, Chem Drive of Northern Utah. Chem Drive of Northern Utah. Chem Drive of Northern Utah. 435-752-6100. 
Have you thought about your furnace lately? Of course not. It's hot outside. Now's a great time to start thinking about replacing it or having it serviced for fall and winter. Advanced Heating and Air will help you get some of the industry's best rebates on a new high-efficient York furnace installed in your home. Or one of Advanced Heating and Air's service professionals can service your furnace for the upcoming winter season. Call today, 752-7272, or schedule a free estimate at advancedheating-ac.com. York, install confidence. The Doug Gottlieb Show. Is there a doctor here? The long NFL contracts are dumb. But still, the point is the same. Like, you're under contract for five years. You wanted the security. Well, part of the security with a five-year contract, part of the security with a four-year contract, part of the security is those are the years you're under contract. The Doug Gottlieb Show. Weekday afternoons from 1 to 4 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. My name is John Brinchley. Last year, my father, Lynn, passed away. Our family misses him tremendously. From the first phone call we made to White Pine Funeral Services until he was laid to rest, White Pine helped us every step of the way. The staff was there to guide us through the entire process. They were kind, gracious, and their facilities are amazing. White Pine helped to make the difficult situation of losing my dad into a positive experience where we could remember him and celebrate his life. White Pine Funeral Services. like to welcome Prodigy Brewing to the heart of Logan. Cash Valley's first and only brew pub with family-friendly dining. With an upscale twist on classic brew pub fare and ingredients sourced as local as possible, they are thrilled to be part of the heart of Cash Valley. Bring the family and try their wood-fired pizza or their mouth-watering signature burger. Located on beautiful Center Street, open Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Pizza, burgers, and brews. Mmm, tasty. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Mountain West Motor, Logan's newest truck and SUV dealership, is located at 615 North Main Street. Great selection of trucks and SUVs, specially customized for your next adventure, whether it's hauling trailers, kids, roaming the mountains. Mountain West Motor has a unique selection of vehicles. Visit mwmotor.com or stop by 615 North Main Street in Logan. So, got to do this really quick because we do have a break and then some Donovan Mitchell stuff, but basically I was talking about what are some areas that maybe Utah State can exploit for either a better outing against Alabama or, you know, heaven don't let me believe yet, an actual win against Alabama. And I think there's a couple areas, and they both kind of involve the passing game because everything revolves around the passing game, right? Uh, Logan Bonner would have to have a big game, obviously, um, but it wouldn't just be Logan Bonner. It would be just the passing game in general. Uh, Alfred Edwards and Jacob South are a pair of decent uh, pass-blocking tackles. They're both good at that. The interior offensive line, a little shaky, a little not quite sure how really good they are at pass-blocking. Uh, Chandler Dolphins struggled with it a little bit last season, and then obviously they're still working in two new guards, um, one of them being a true freshman. We could end up seeing more of uh, of Pule, as they call him, Philly Pule Alo. Maybe because he's a little more veteran, he may end up playing a little bit more if Whalen gets a little overwhelmed uh, during the game. But I think Utah State, they have a good passing offense. They've got good playmakers. 
in that part of the field. So I think they could, again, get some good chunk plays on offense, make some plays through the passing game. Maybe a few sneaky runs, but I think the passing game really is the secret. You know, if Utah State were to do really well, they may end up only running for like 50 rushing yards, but they could have two, 250 to 300 passing yards still. Um, because the run game may just end up getting stopped by the amazing front seven of Alabama. But with passing, they, they could find a bit more of their stride. Um, on the defensive end, I still really like the pass rushers for Utah State. Uh, Daniel Grishik and Byron Vaughns, a pair of good pass rushers, and they could bother Bryce Young. They could do a good job at bothering Alabama's quarterback and making things happen. Get a few sacks. Uh, actually, I mean, I got tagged in a tweet by uh, by one uh, statistics accounter, the CFB Film Room uh, Twitter account said Utah State generated 51.6% pressure rate versus Connecticut. I don't know how they calculated that and whatnot. That's their thing. But according to them, they had a Utah State had a 51.6% pressure rate, I'm assuming on pass plays. And they said the only time Utah State had a higher pressure rate last year was they had 53.3 against Colorado State. So they did well in game one. They didn't actually get a sack, but they really bothered UConn's quarterback. Uh, you know, they, they were starting a true freshman for a lot of the game, but they will have to actually finish sacks this year against UConn this game. Uh, Daniel Grishik had a couple where he had the quarterback dead to rights for a sack, just missed him, was running too fast at him, didn't break down and actually wrap up the quarterback, finish the play. So Utah State didn't actually have a sack despite, you know, uh, pressuring the quarterback, you know, more, you know, the pocket was, there was pressure in the pocket more often than there wasn't for UConn. So I think that's the way that maybe Utah State can bother Alabama on defense is through their pass rush. And then on offense, they can maybe bother Utah State by having a more competent than normal passing game for most G5 teams that uh, Alabama is facing. All right, we're going to take another quick break. We do have uh, another text rolling in. We're going to get to some Utah Jazz news or, again, New York Knicks news that becomes Jazz news because the Knicks and Jazz are just married right now in terms of offseason coverage. So we'll get to that in about three minutes. The people have spoken. Steel-coated epoxy floors of Cache Valley has been voted gold medal winner for 2022 Best of Northern Utah for the second year in a row. Known for their extremely durable floor coating systems, they can completely transform your concrete. Garages and shops, porches and patios, they coat it all. With over 25 years of operation, Steel-coated epoxy floors is Cache Valley's premier coating professionals. Contact Steel-coated floors of Cache Valley today. Find them online at steelcoatedfloors.com. This, keep it on the download here, is the Dan Patrick Show. Debo Samuel, there's nobody like Debo Samuel in the NFL. You know, if I'm Seattle, I would try to create a Debo Samuel 2.0 with DK Metcalf. I would get him incorporated in the offense a little bit more, not just as somebody catching passes, but line him up in the backfield. Let him do what Debo does. Dan Patrick. The Dan Patrick Show. Weekday mornings from 7 to 10 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. 
Cash Valley. The Utah Wood Stove Changeout Program opens up February 1st. If you want to change out your wood fireplace or stove and replace it with a gas appliance, Advanced Fireplace and Stove can help. Receive up to $3,800 towards your new gas stove or fireplace insert. Idaho has a changeout program, too. Let the professionals at Advanced Fireplace and Stove take the chill out of winter with a new heat and glow insert or Vermont casting stove. Stop by their showroom or visit them at advancedfireplaceandstove.com. A diamond is forever and is perfect to represent your love. For those special occasions, give her a natural, one-of-a-kind diamond as unique as she is. Our exclusive brand, Need and Brilliant Diamonds, is both beautiful and affordable with quarter-carat diamonds starting at $499. We have hundreds of sparkling diamonds at our Integrity Price Guarantee with financing available. An investment for generations to come, Monday through Saturday, 10 to 7, where Utah gets engaged. S.E. Needham Jewelers, middle of the block at the sign of the clock. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Duh. Working towards the end of the show here on the Full Court Press, Jason Walker, Eric Franson off getting some player audio. He sent me a text, and we actually have confirmation. Utah State Volleyball Head Coach Rob Nielsen is a go, at least for now. Tomorrow, middle of the show, probably around 5 o'clock, is when we'll try and expect him. Hopefully that doesn't fall through. But uh, Utah State, as we uh, we mentioned yesterday, one of the textures was uh, made sure that we mentioned it that Utah State's volleyball team upset number 12 UCLA, or at the time, number 12 UCLA. Now UCLA's uh, fallen a little bit down the ranks, and Utah State actually received votes in the top 25 poll this week. Um, Utah State going to go face BYU, who I think is ranked. I should have looked that up since uh, I knew I was going to be mentioning this. Um, But... Volleyball doing some good things last year and doing good things again this year. And so we'll be able to talk to their head coach, second-year head coach, Rob Nielsen. Uh, one text, uh, 6543, asked, uh, anyway, the special teams could be a surprise for Utah State. I talked about offensive and defensive ways Utah State could bother Alabama. And, I mean, there's always a possibility. Um, again, it's just so hard to tell with special teams because – you know, it, it's just so volatile. Some teams just happen; to, they just seem to get more uh, big plays. A few years ago, Utah State had a, you know, under Matt Wells, had a really good special teams unit. They got blocked kicks and and forced uh, mistakes from the other team, and they were really good at it. And some teams are just really good at making big plays on special teams. Um, maybe Utah State could be that this year. It's just going to depend. But Alabama's a disciplined team, so I'd be surprised. If Utah State came up with, you know, enough special teams, you know, those game-changing special teams plays, uh, to really make a difference. Uh, but getting to the weekly Knicks-Jazz trade news, seems like once a week we come out with some update that seems to throw everything out of balance, but maybe really doesn't. And um, this is that R.J. Barrett of the Knicks got a four-year extension worth, I think, up to 120 million dollars. Solid rookie extension. Um, and this, from initial reporting, seemed like it was maybe going to throw the entire potential Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks trade, you know, completely out the window. That's what some of the initial, you know, sky is falling type of uh, reporting was. 
Um, supposedly, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski was saying that R.J. Barrett was supposedly the centerpiece in trade discussions between the Jazz and the Knicks. I didn't think so. Like, from what I'd heard, it wasn't. Maybe it was just being uh, hushed up because apparently the, the Knicks had, like, a Monday deadline for the Jazz to either make the trade or we're going to extend R.J. Barrett. And then, obviously, they passed that deadline, so they've now extended R.J. Barrett for the four-year $120 million contract. So, supposedly, that's thrown a wrench in the plans. Of course, everyone's saying the Knicks, everyone's saying now, you know, a day later, kind of after this news broke, I think, last night, uh, late last night or early this morning, um, there's still talks. The Jazz still want a bunch of unprotected picks. Um, the Jazz aren't really getting much from other teams. They really want the Knicks package. Um, but to me, I just think there's too much space between these two teams. Uh, I'm not seeing the Jazz trading with the Knicks because the Knicks don't want to give up the huge package. And they're kind of smart to not do that. <laughs> if I was them, I wouldn't give up the package the Jazz are asking. As a Jazz fan, I'm hoping the Jazz get the package from the Knicks. But for now, I think that it's going to end up with uh, Donovan Mitchell staying in Utah. But thanks for listening. Talk to you tomorrow. Victor deployed for the first time to Afghanistan in 2003. At 4 in the morning, my phone rang. They said, I regret to inform you that your husband was wounded in action. Victor sustained a moderate traumatic brain injury. I was doing school full-time, and I was also then caring for Victor. One of the most important elements of caregiving is taking care of yourself. I just didn't want to forget that I also had goals and that I also had a life. What I did is I challenged Victor to 